Welcome to Marriage Steps with Dr. Wyatt Fisher. We're reducing the divorce rate one marriage at a time is the goal. And following our six marriage steps is the path to get us there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, licensed psychologist and marriage counselor. This show is about your life and your marriage. So call 303-596-6836, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 4 to 5, Mountain Standard Time, with your questions for me. Today I'm going to talk about developing accurate interpretations of our partner's behaviors. So this is important because so many people in marriage have false interpretations of what their partner's behavior means. Your partner will do something or say something and we have a reaction to that behavior and sometimes our reaction is accurate but a lot of times our reaction is not accurate. So today's episode is all about that. How to develop accurate interpretations of our partner's behaviors. One way to think about this is when your partner does something or does not do something, think of that as an action or a lack of action. And then on the other side of that is our reaction. But in the middle, between their action or lack of action and our reaction, something happens. And what happens is our interpretation of what their action or lack of action means. And that's where we're going to focus on today because that interpretation, if that's faulty or if it's skewed or if it's exaggerated, our reaction is going to be off. And this is what I see a lot with couples and this is what I've experienced in my own marriage, both me towards my wife at times, my wife towards me at times. But again, there's this gap between our partner's action or lack of action and our reaction. And that gap is filled in by our interpretation of what their action or lack of action means. Now, our interpretations, when our partner has action or lack of action, our interpretation of that often is influenced by trauma in our past. So some examples of trauma can be if you felt rejected in your past, if you felt controlled in your past, if you felt inadequate in your past, if you felt used in your past. Our trauma lives in our interpretations. One way to think about it is we've been burned or we've been hurt or we've touched a stove and gotten scalded. And so therefore, our brain quickly will go to that same interpretation for self-protection because we don't want to get hurt again. However, like I mentioned, a lot of times our interpretation can be exaggerated, it can be extreme, or it can have just no factual base whatsoever, and we're projecting onto our partner's behavior, thinking their behavior means all sorts of things, when in reality, it may not. So again, our interpretations of our partner's behavior or lack of behavior, that's where our trauma lies, from things in our past. It can be things in our childhood, growing up. It can be things from previous relationships. But whenever we've been hurt or scarred in some way, it's going to influence, on average, our interpretations of what our partner is saying and doing. One way to think about these interpretations is a lot of us have a hub. And in that hub lies our trauma. And that trauma has a belief system, such as, I'm no good, or I'm unlovable, or I'm damaged goods, or I'm inadequate, 
or I'm inferior. A lot of people can have this hub of something negative about themselves and then that hub is just like a hub of a wheel and then spokes going out from that hub are things that happen in our, our environment that activate the hub. So if your partner does something or doesn't do something, that can be something in your environment that activates one of those spokes and the spokes come the spoke comes back and activates that pre-existing hub. And that's why sometimes we can overreact in response to our partner because they're triggering something in our past and it's all around our interpretation. So today I'm going to teach a skill and it's called the truth table. I was working with a couple one time and I was, I was teaching them this, but I didn't have a name for it yet. And the wife said, you should call it the truth table. So that's what I call it now, the truth table. The truth table has four columns. The first column is the incident. So something your partner did or did not do that made you feel something negative. That's the incident. The next column is automatic thoughts. So what was going through your mind in reaction to what they did or did not do. The next column is truth. And the fourth column is balanced thoughts. So it's incident, automatic thoughts, truth, balanced thoughts. So I'm going to walk through this table, this truth table, with an example, a hypothetical example. And when I'm walking through this, try to think about examples in your life that you can apply this tool to. So the incident, on the incident column, the first one, let's imagine your partner went on vacation, they're visiting a friend out of state, and they didn't stay in very good touch. They didn't text you very often, they didn't call you very often, and that hurt your feelings, okay? So that's the incident. Your partner was out of town, they didn't stay in very good touch with you. That's the incident, and then you have to write down what it made you feel. So was it, did you feel mad, sad, or fear? Those are the big three uh, negative emotions, mad, sad, fear. So say for this example, perhaps you felt some madness. Maybe you were mad. And so maybe you felt that 80%. Maybe you felt some sadness. And so maybe you felt that 90%. And maybe you felt some fear. Maybe you felt around 60% fear of what does this mean, that they didn't stay in very good touch with you. So you want to identify the incident and then you wanna write down the top three emotions that you have, the main three are mad, sad, or fear, and how strong you felt those out of 100%. The next column, automatic thoughts, is what was going through your mind. So in response to their lack of staying in touch with you on this vacation, what started going through your mind? And again, this is where our trauma lies. This is where we start projecting and having negative interpretations of our spouse's behavior. So some examples in this incident, in this situation, some examples of automatic thoughts for someone could have been, they don't love me, I'm not important to them, and they might leave me. So those are some examples of automatic thoughts someone may have in response to their spouse not staying in very good touch with them while they were gone on vacation visiting a friend. Now, these automatic thoughts are usually pretty easy to identify because they're prevalent. They're right there. And they are probably familiar to you because you think them often. So you have to capture them and write them down. We can't reason with our thoughts when they stay in our mind. It's murky water. So you have to put them on paper to objectively and logically be able to, to sift through each one to see if it's accurate or not. Some of your automatic thoughts may be accurate. However, for a lot of people, 
they are not accurate because again, they're influenced by our past. The next column is truth. So in the truth column, we're gonna counter each automatic thought with a more truthful statement. So for example, the first automatic thought is they don't love me. Right over, right to the right of that in the truth column, a counter to that that's more truth would say, would say staying in close contact isn't their strength, but they show their love through affection and praise. So that would be a truth statement, countering the automatic thought that they don't love me. The next automatic thought is I'm not important to them, and the truth statement that counters that could be they tell me often how important I am to them, and they constantly make time for me. So it's counter evidence. It's challenging the automatic thought with more truthful thought. The third automatic thought is they might leave me, and the truth counter to that could be They've never discussed divorce, and frequently they say how happy they are in our marriage. Okay, so those are examples of truth statements that could counter the automatic thoughts. Once you've done that, now you're ready for the balanced thoughts. That's the last column. And by the way, the truth column can be tricky for people because they're not used to thinking that way. Because for them, their negative automatic thoughts and interpretations is their truth. So if you get stuck on the truth column, you may need to pull in some objective parties into your thought process, whether it's a trusted friend or a counselor, and share with them the incident and your automatic thoughts, and then ask them what they think. Another way to flip this around is imagine your friend has gone through a similar incident and they're having the same automatic thoughts. What would you say to them? Would you agree with their automatic thoughts or would you challenge their automatic thoughts? So that's another way to think about it is what would you tell a friend? Now, once you get to the balanced thoughts column, this is where you put it all together. So the first balanced thought would say something like this. They don't love me. However, staying in close contact isn't their strength, but they show their love through affection and praise. That would be the first balanced thought. And that pulls together the automatic thought plus the truth statement. And it combines it with the word however. You don't want to just counter the automatic thoughts. You want to put it together and validate the initial automatic thoughts that are there. The second balanced thought would say, I'm not important to them. However, they tell me often how important I am to them and they always make time for me. So that's the second balanced thought. And again, I'm just putting together the automatic thought and then saying the word however and then saying the truth statement. The third balanced thought would say, they might lead me. However, they've never discussed divorce and frequently they say how happy they are in our marriage. That's the third balanced thought. Now these balanced thoughts, you want to write them down somewhere where you can review them every day because you want them to become your, your natural thinking process. And that's not going to happen overnight because it's not how you're thinking already. So you can write them on your phone as a reminder. You can write them on a piece of paper, somewhere where you can see them regularly so that they become your new way of thinking. Once you've gone through your balanced thoughts, then you want to go back to the first column where you wrote down your feelings and you want to re-rank the intensity. And what normally happens is when people work through these balanced thoughts and read them out loud and marinate on them and then go back to their original feelings of the incident, 
the the strength of those feelings drop dramatically. So a lot of times, you know, anger will go from 80% down to 50%. Sadness may go from 90% down to 20%. Fear may go from 60% down to 10%. On average, there's substantial reduction in the intensity of each of the feelings after people work through those balanced thoughts. So this upcoming week, just want to encourage you to capture your thoughts. When your spouse does something or does not do something, focus on how you are reacting to that behavior or lack of behavior and what are you telling yourself? What is your interpretation? And practice this tool. So you write down the incident, your automatic thoughts, the truth, and then your balanced thoughts and see how it will challenge the way you think and therefore how you behave and how you feel. Thank you for listening to Marriage Steps with Dr. Wyatt Fisher. For more marriage resources, please go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And if you enjoyed the episodes, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell your family and friends about the podcast to join our fight in reducing the divorce rate. Take care.